Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs took on the Washington Capitals last night at Scotiabank Arena and boy did they impress, beating Washington 7-3. I'm here with my co-host Mitchell Weatherall. Mitch, what was your thoughts on last night's beating on the Washington Capitals from the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh man, what a game! Let me just for like you know what? Let's just say like this is another big win. Like like on our last episode, I was on, just talking about it with uh, Boston, Florida. Like th- this is this is a big another big win for them. Like Washington, they're, they're a tough outing in my opinion. They're a tough team to beat. They're they're still hanging on there for a playoff spot. It was a must win game for them too, and I'm really impressed that the Leafs took it to them because Washington, they're a physical team. They have a lot of grit, and they can really take it to you and make make it a good game. So. I was really impressed with that. Uh, great goal by Bunting right out of the gate. Nice pass from Nylander. I was really impressed. Uh, a couple nice goals by Nylander and Bunting last night. So, great game by them. And, uh, yeah, the lead, like the two quick goals out of the gate for the Leafs really helped them for sure. And then uh, in the second, oh, my gosh, they just take off. They just, man, like they just kept going, which is amazing. So, right after that, uh, John Carlson goal too. So, I was really uh impressed how they rebounded off that first John Carlson goal I was just a little off with the fact that I just wish like they would have like they should have took him like they I found they let uh Carlson walk right into the offensive zone so they can't afford to do that that's not like how they should be playing they shouldn't be letting anyone enter their offensive zone like that great goal by him I'll give a lot of credit but the Leafs need to shut that they need to shut down like that but I was really impressed after the fact that they rebounded right away and uh, they kept going. So overall, it was a great game. It was another big win. And yeah, they got to keep going from here. I know they flinched and all that, but they've got to they got to keep going. So I was really impressed again last night, coming hard out of the gate, uh, having a great second period. And the only thing I'd really improved on for them is just that John Carlson goal. Just can't have guys be walking in the zone like that. That's that, that really like ticks me off. Seeing yeah, you know, Washington's a team coming into this game. They've won four straight. On the pregame episode, I talked about how Washington has had a very up-and-down season. They were struggling for a bit, holding on to that final spot in the Metropolitan Division, then falling into a wild-card spot. Uh, this is a team that TJ Oshie decided to call a players-only meeting in the month of March, and man, have they been sizzling. They came into Scotiabank Arena. I expected a tough game for the Leafs. They just beat the Lightning Penguins and Minnesota Wild, also beating the Flyers. But no, Toronto wanted this game more. They had the much better start. And another thing that's impressive to me is Washington is the best team in the National Hockey League on the road this season. All things were pointing to you know, a very, very close matchup. Definitely a game that I thought was going to be decided in the third period but that was the exact opposite as the Maple Leafs led 6-2 after two periods and you mentioned the Michael Bunting goal early on that was important I find when the Leafs score early on like they did against Florida they usually have more success 
And it's all about starting the game strong. And that's going to be important come May when the playoffs roll around because you do not want to have a slow start because that can hurt you badly. We know how teams start to turn once they're down by a goal. And that has been the least problem in a lot of playoff series prior to the one that we are going to be seeing in May. So that is definitely something to look out for. And like you said, Mitch, the, the starts are very important. Willie Nylander, he missed a wide open net. I still cannot believe that did not go in. Credit to Ilya Samsonov. But Nylander really rebounded after that. You know, he got his 29th goal, literally his sh next shift after that. Then he finished off the night getting his 30th two-goal game from him. He was an absolute stud in this one. But how about Leo Bushkin getting his first goal as a Maple Leaf? The absolute definition of a defensive defenseman getting himself a goal. His first on the year assisted by John Tavares and Morgan Riley. Ilya Mikheyev then got his 16th of the year. Then Michael Bunting got his 22nd, followed by Ilya Mikheyev, who finished with his 17th, which was the Maple Leaf's 7th goal in the third period until Nick Dowd scored his ninth of the season to get uh, the Capitals one back. But still a great game by the Leafs. Um, this is a game that I think they can rally upon. You know, Washington, like I said, this is a team that was sizzling. It looked like it was going to be a tough task. Washington now sits with a record of 41-23-10. They're fourth in the Metro. They still have Alex Ovechkin, who's firing on all cylinders. Um, Austin Matthews did not get a goal in this game. I don't know if that surprises you, Mitch. Um a lot of people thought this was going to be a shootout between Ovechkin and Matthews, and that was quite the opposite. Uh, but, you know, Matthews still played a great game, in my opinion. He was dishing some nice passes out there, a lot better than what we saw against the Buffalo Sabres, and he just looked a lot more like himself, although he did not get on the score sheet for a goal, which was kind of odd, and that's what I mean. He's had such a good season that when he doesn't score, it feels weird. Uh, Mitch, what was your thoughts on Michael Bunting's two-goal performance and how much he's meant to the Maple Leafs this season? Besides Matthews, I think he's my like other MVP piece. This guy is outstanding, and I I just love watching him play. Especially he had two great goals last night. He he he's really stepped it up in Toronto, and that's that's something they're gonna need. I think he's gonna be a, like a really really crucial piece to this this team come the playoffs. Like he he's just he's an amazing player to watch, and I would say he is literally the MVP of the team. Like besides Matthews. Wow, that's an interesting kind of take there. Uh, you know, Michael Bunting, if you listen to this first episode, I was super hyped about it. I was ripping a lot of people uh, in the Canadian media that were saying that the Leafs did not replace Zach Hyman. And it was really frustrating because I knew the player we had here in Michael Bunting, but uh, he, he never really got the credit. Yes, he only played a little bit amount of games with Arizona, but I was very familiar with his play style, plays a gritty game. And, you know, he's just really reaping the benefits of playing on a line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner for majority of this year. And a lot of people either want this guy to win Rookie of the Year or they don't because of his age. I'm in the middle there. It's actually tough. I think, though, age aside, this guy has been the most impressive rookie. And I know a lot of people don't like that because they want Moritz Sider to win it or Lucas Raymond. But Mitch, does age bother you when talking about Rookie of the Year and should Michael Bunting win it? Because at this point, what he's doing, I don't see how you don't give it to him. I think he should definitely be considered. But again, it's a league, it's a league full of good rookies. So, excuse me, yeah, it's, it's, he definitely should be considered. It's, it's a tough choice to give it, but I really don't think age matters that much. 
I mean, if it, the numbers are there and he's proved himself uh, along with all the other rookies, then I think he definitely should be considered. But I really don't have like, a clear-cut winner at the moment right now, so I think. But there are a lot of great rookies out there, like you said, Snyder and Rainer. He definitely should be considered among rookie of the year. It's, it's no doubt. And I think he'll, he'll definitely get the votes for sure. So, But again, I don't think the age is that much of a matter to me when it comes to that. If the players prove themselves and the numbers are there, then why can't he be considered? So that's what I, that's what I think about him rookie of the year. Yeah, so, you know, I think Michael Bunting, if you want to give him the MVP of this team, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think he's definitely been an X factor, though. Um, but let's talk about John Tavares. And I want us to bring up John Tavares because I was a little bit hard on him in the last episode. I was very disappointed with his game against the Buffalo Sabres. So I have to give him credit where credit is due. John is one of my favorite players on this team. And tonight he really had a night. He had three assists. He was plus four. He was shooting on all cylinders, six shot attempts, but only three on target, four hits, one block, only played 14 minutes and four seconds of ice time but still was a factor all over the ice. Won 13 of 19 draws. And the thing that I really want to dive into with John uh, John's game tonight is he had a 75% Corsi and an 83% Fenwick. That was the best Fenwick percentage on the team and the second best Corsi percentage on the team besides William Nylander. He also had the highest expected goals on the team. So he really had a nice offensive game. The analytics were not in his favor when uh, the Buffalo Sabres came to town on Tuesday night, and he really backed it up with this performance. And I'm really happy with John's game. This is what I see. This is what I want to see from John as we get closer to the postseason. Um, you know, even his line tonight, where he played with mostly Mikheyev and Kerfoot, they were just dominating. They were clearly one of the best lines on this team tonight. I think they were clearly the best uh, line offensively Engvall, Camp and Nylander they deserve their respect too they were really really good defensively in this game and that's something I wanted to take note of with Nylander on that line they're getting some real good defensive results which is surprising and Nylander's had a much better effort in this one but the thing that I really want to take from this game and probably makes me feel the most comfortable on the defensive side of things obviously the offense was clicking they scored seven goals so that's definitely a positive but on the defensive side of things, yes, Washington did score three goals, but the pairing of TJ Brody and Jake Muzzin, which saw 11 minutes of ice time tonight together between the two, they had an expected goals of 0.657 and an on-ice expected goals against of 0.019. Those numbers clearly favor this pairing in the offensive zone. As a shutdown pair, these two guys really kept it quiet in our own zone and that's what I want to see from Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody I don't care if they're on the score sheet but if they can keep it sound defensively having a 0.019 expected goals against as you're playing the Washington Capitals is incredible and I'm really happy with that performance from them too tell me Mitch how do you feel about uh, Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody's game tonight yeah, I thought they had a great game. They're a great defensive pairing, and I really, I really enjoy watching them. They're uh, good shutdown guys, and yeah, they're really, they're really good to see. Like again, it's it's against Washington. They're a tough game. It's a tough game. It's they're a physical team, and they definitely stepped up to the plate when it matters. So I was really impressed with them last night. They got to keep doing what they're doing if they want to succeed. If this team wants to succeed in the playoffs, because I think they're two 
they're two crucial parts to this team's blue line, and if they're playing like they did last night, then wow, it's, it's going to be really good for them defensively. So, yeah, it was a good game for both players. Yeah, and then, you know, credit to Morgan Riley, who had an awesome night offensively. We're starting to see his offense come back late into the season, which is a good sign. Um, but even Jordano and Lilligren, they look like the combination that was made for each other since the deadline. They played mostly together, and they have really, really performed well. So I'm happy with that pairing. Um, but now let's transition to the future now. So we just recapped the Washington Capitals win 7-3 on home ice. But now let's look ahead to Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, April 16th, 2022, 7 p.m. Your Toronto Maple Leafs will be taking on the Ottawa Senators, who are yet again having another rebuilding season. Uh, they had such high expectations for themselves coming to this year. Did not go to plan. They have a record of 28-40-6. They're 7th in the Atlantic. Anton Forsberg is expected to get the start for Ottawa. I have to give him credit. Wow, he has played really well for the black and red. He has a record of 16, I mean, sorry, 19, 16, and 3 with a 2.73 goals against average and a 9.19 save percentage with one shutout on the year. His play earned him an extension with the Senators. This was a guy that was rumored to be in Leafland as the trade deadline approached, but that did not happen. It seems like Pierre Dorian wanted to keep him around in Ottawa. With Matt Murray's struggles, I think this was a great decision by them. But confirmed starter for the Maple Leafs will be Eric Schalgren. Schalgren has a 5-3-1 record, a 2.93 goals against average, and an 8-9-9 save percentage with one shutout. Since Schalgren's game against Nashville, he's really fell down back to earth, giving the Leafs mediocre goaltending. I told you guys I was not happy with the way he played on Tuesday night. I didn't think he was sharp. I think that he could have had a much better game if he was, you know, I guess in in it mentally. I think he got out of it very quickly, and it was just tough to chase a game after that, especially being a goaltender. He didn't look confident. He wasn't at the top of his crease like we saw against Carolina. Uh, he was very shallow, and that's not something you want to see. This should be a good bounce-back performance from him just, uh, since he's going against the Ottawa Senators, but I have to give Ottawa credit. Mitch, let me throw it to you before I dive in on the Ottawa Senators completely. Uh, what is your thoughts on this goaltending matchup tomorrow night? Interesting one to look at. I think uh, Calgary's been playing good, Forsberg too. So it's going to be something I got to keep an eye on. I think uh, it's going to be it's a good goaltending matchup, and it's something worth keeping an eye out for tomorrow. And I uh, I I won't take either goalie lightly. So it's something worthwhile to watch out for. Yeah, you know we're not going to see Matthew Joseph in this game as he will be out with a lower body injury. Matthew Joseph is a guy I want to highlight before I go in to the offensive outlook of this Ottawa Senators team because he has been really hot for Ottawa. Um, he came over in the trade for Nick Paul from Tampa Bay. He was a younger prospect, didn't really get his ice time with Tampa Bay, but he is a back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champion. This is a guy of a high ceiling for. I think he's going to have a good NHL career. Obviously, brother of pure Oliver Joseph, a guy that me and you are both very familiar with. He's a... Um, a versatile forward could play on the inside as well on both wings. He has a scoring touch. So I guess kind of an advantage for the Leafs that he will not be playing because he has been on a really good momentum swing here at the back half of the season since coming to Ottawa. But with that, the first line for Ottawa has really been killing it. And that is Brady to tuck 
and Josh Norris. Josh Norris is swinging a hot stick right now. Everything he touches seems to turn into a goal. Um, and so is Brady to Chuck. These two guys are really starting to find their stride late in the year. It's earned a lot of optimism from Sens fans for next year. Uh, Mitch, we know you're very familiar with Josh Norris. Tell me, is Josh Norris the guy to watch out for tomorrow night? 100%, yeah. The Leafs got to keep an eye on him, especially if he's playing this well. He's, uh, he, he's a guy to watch out for, and if they uh, contain him and keep him keep an eye on him, then they'll be good. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do tomorrow and how the Leafs can adopt to uh, adopt to shutting him down. Like Again, like the great game for Muzzin and Kirby. Like I'm just interested to see what they can do and how, how, how this blue line can easily shut, them down, shut him down. So, yeah, he's got to be incorporated in their game plan. He's not a guy that he just – can be pushed away like that. Like I know he's playing like not on the greatest team, but he can he can do anything when it matters and anything can happen. So definitely got to incorporate him in tomorrow's game plan. Uh, defensively, keep an eye on him because if you don't want him to get going, or he'll he'll do good things out there. So if if he's incorporated and shut down, then they should they have a good chance to win that hockey game tomorrow. So definitely just keep an eye on him and incorporate him into the game plan. Like don't don't take him lightly especially if he's been playing this fall anyways. Yeah, you know, then on the second line, we got Alex Formanton, a former Aurora Tiger of our hometown. Tim Stutzel, second line center, along with Drake Batherson. This line is very offensive. They are also red hot. Tim Stutzel looks like he's starting to find his game in the National Hockey League. I must say, as much as I don't like the Ottawa Senators, they have a lot of promising talent here, and they are really putting it together at this back half which could lead into next season. So expect Ottawa to at least get a little better than what they are this year, although that's not really saying much. Um, but the third line, Chris Tierney, Colin White, and Connor Brown. Obviously, we know Connor Brown well, former Leaf. Uh, but Colin White, you know, younger, right-handed center. Uh, he's been battling injuries. They have a high expectations for him here in Ottawa. He was a top prospect for them. But it's just the nagging injuries can't seem to get him. Um, a real NHL shot. Yes, he is a much more than capable NHL player. It's just we haven't seen him break out because there's always something. And we saw him go out with a lengthy injury. So he hasn't played against the Leafs yet this season ever since being out with injury. But, you know, this is a guy that he is fast. He's very fast. Um, but he is something that he is somebody that, you know, you don't want to not be aware of because although he has been out with injuries, this guy with some serious talent on his stick and uh, you know, you never know when his breakout game could happen. I have high expectations from as well. Obviously not being a sense fan. I have to admit when I see talent and this is a talented player and I'm kind of rooting for him because it's always tough seeing a top prospect battle injuries and Colin white's a guy that, you know, now we're starting to see in some trade gossip. Montreal's apparently a team that has interest. So I'm rooting for Colin White because I hope that he finds a gig in the NHL full-time uh, as, you know, more than just a fill-in. He did get his extension, so he is, you know, in a comfortable spot, but you know what I mean. I want him to see him in a really good, comfortable spot here in this league, and definitely getting points is going to be important for that. So with that, the fourth line of Autumn, uh, Adam Gaudet, sorry, uh, Dylan Gambrell and Austin Watson, a bigger physical line. Um not one that's really going to burn you offensively, but definitely not afraid to lay the body. So get ready for some hits from that line. And then the pairings, Eric Bransham and Artem Zub, Travis Hamnick and Michael Delzato, and Nick Holden and Nikita Zaitsev. 
Uh, the Senators' decor is probably the downfall of this team right now. Yes, Eric Brandstrom, the guy they got one for one for Mark Stone, hasn't really lived up to expectations, but he is a phenomenal skater. He's bit on the smaller side, but if he can find some offensive touch in his game, this is going to be a good piece. Obviously, Shabbat is not going to be playing in this game, so he is on the first pairing as a left-hand defenseman. So Eric Brandstrom is definitely my guy to watch out for on the defensive side of things, but credit to Artem Zoop. Uh, you know, just a random player last year that really found his footing in the National Hockey League. And uh, he's had a really good couple seasons here in Ottawa. So uh, credit to him. Hamannick, not a guy I'm really scared of. We all know what he can bring. Physical guy, right-hand shot. But it looks like the game's almost passed him a bit. Um, they got him from Vancouver at the trade deadline this year. I don't know why they traded for him. They could have just picked him up on waivers just a couple months before that for free. Um, he wasn't really worth much in Vancouver. So I I don't know what Dorian was doing there. But Nikita Zaitsev and Nick Holden. Holden, obviously, coming over from Vegas. Um, left-hand shot. He's a good skater, poised. But Nikita Zaitsev, we know what he how he plays very well because he is a former Maple Leaf. Definitely not a back end that I'm scared of. How about you, Mitch? Yeah, not really. Honestly, like, I know, like, you mentioned, like, it's, it's, um, it's you know what it is the downfall of their team if you look at it like they they have a lot of promising forwards on that hockey team like Colin White you said it's too bad about all of his injuries but I think he'll get I think he'll find his touch eventually in this league so I mean Ottawa they're a team to watch out for I would I would like they are slowly getting better their record like may not show that they're a good team but you can tell with some of the names they're getting they're they're starting to become a better team and as time goes on they're slowly getting better. So defensively, this this that's that's the downfall, unfortunately, for their team. I know they got Shabato, Brandstrom. He hasn't lived up to what what's expected expected of him. But obviously, there's time to turn it around because he's young. So I would say, yeah, the biggest downfall of the Senators is easily their defensive core, and I I expect to see more of that from them uh, in the future to improve on them. But I'm bad with forwards. They have a great set of forwards and a lot of talented names that are going to bring a lot to the table. Yes, I agree. Now with that, let's look at Sunday's game of the back-to-back, -back, and that is the New York Islanders. Let's start off with the goaltending battle as the Islanders do play tonight as we are recording on the Friday. Uh, so it looks like Semyon Varlamov is going to play tonight because they are on a back-to-back -back after just playing the Penguins on Thursday. So Sunday night, it looks like it's projected to be Ilya Sorokin against Jack Campbell. Ilya Sorokin... This year has a 2.34 goals against average, a 9.25 save percentage with six shutouts in 46 games. Obviously, this looks like the netminder of the future for the Islanders. He came over last year. He did some great things, even in the postseason. At age 26, he seems to be going hand-in-hand -hand with Varlamov with a game split at 50-50. Tell me, are you surprised with how well Sorokin's been doing? I know he was a top prospect coming over uh, from the KHL, but... To find his footing this fast, he seems to be on a nice trajectory. And this looks like a very good piece for the Islanders as they have a franchise goaltender for the future right now. What do you think? He, he's amazing. I really like watching him. I uh, he, He's slowly taking the starting job up in New York there. Uh, like The ability, like how quick he, he was able to get on his feet and just prove like how, how good he is is amazing at such a young age too. Like he, He's young and he's got all this time to prove himself still. So down in the future, I can just see him as that starting goalie. Like he's slowly making his mark for it, which is good. So uh, 
definitely got to keep an eye out for in the future. And uh, I really like he's putting up great numbers this year, and he had an excellent postseason last year, which which set out set is explained his season this year too. So he's stealing a lot of games for them. I know, I know the Islanders like they don't have the greatest record this year, but he's definitely their goalie in the future, and it's slowly becoming uh, soon that he's going to be starting. Uh, yeah, you know, like you said, the Islanders aren't having a great year. They have a record of 34-30-9. They're fifth in the Metro. This is a team that I must say I am very frustrated with. I hate these guys. I cannot stand the Islanders. This is a team that I find is wasting prime years of Matt Barzal because of Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz sticking to this grinded-out mentality, this grinder team. You know, this is a team that I think they could be so well, potentially Stanley Cup contenders, if they just add some more scoring on this team. They get, they went on the offseason. They signed Zach Parise. They gave Kyle Palmieri an extension. They signed Zdeno Chara. Those are moves that, you know, kind of explain their season. It set them backwards. Going out and signing veterans and, you know, they that really don't offer much. I know Chara, people love him still because of his size. And, yes, he's probably made the most positive impact out of all the names I just mentioned. So I'm not ripping Chara, but... This is a team that lacks scoring, and going out and signing Zdeno Chara wasn't going to help you uh, score more goals. And that's why I get frustrated, because Matt Barzal is a fantastic young centerman. He's so fast. He is a highlight real player. Literally just watching this guy, he could create anything out of nothing. And right now, he has no real help. Yes, Anders Lee is still on this team. He is working his way back from a gruesome ACL tear last season, so credit to him for coming back. He's on a hot streak here in the second half, but he was really non-existent from the start. And Barzal, like, it's just, it's so frustrating because we know he doesn't have the great relationship with Barry Trotz, and I just can imagine how good of a player Matt Barzal would be on a higher scoring team with more weapons to help him out because Right now, playing with Kyle Palmieri and, you know, the list goes on of grinder forwards. Like, come on. Like, this is so, this is dumb. Like, this is dumb. This is dumb. You're wasting an elite centerman who is a fun, dynamic, all-offense kind of player. I like Anthony Bovillier. He has a heck of a shot. But he hasn't taken that next step that I thought he would. The only player I must say that I'm really impressed with on the New York Islanders is actually Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson leads the team in points this year for the Islanders with 54. Matt Barzal has 50. Anders Lee has 42. But Noah Dobson is my player of the Islanders this year. He is that right-handed defenseman. We know what he did with Canada and the World Juniors. He's a bigger player, skates well, definitely looking like, you know, the anchor offensively as well as he has 41 points this year, 10 goals, 31 assists. He's playing almost 21 minutes of ice time this season. Uh, Mitch, is there anybody on the Islanders that you should be watching out for tomorrow night? Yeah, like definitely Barzal. I know they they they're a pretty defensive minded hockey team, so it's so it's so hard to say about them because like he they, they don't have much around Barzal. You can tell he's the centerpiece to this team, and they they they, they haven't surrounded him with much, which is an issue, and that's not why they're where they are actually. So I find like the the problem with them is they're a defensive minded team. But again, like like I agree with you, Barzal Dobson. Dobson's definitely he's a great skater, and I really like what he did in the World Juniors so one year when he was playing. So he's. I really, I, I really enjoyed watching him. He's a good player, and 
definitely Barzal, obviously the anchor boy, and they got like they got a bit around him, like you said, like mobility, like moves, like Anders Lee. I know he's coming off that injury, but like he he had his good parts of last season, so I mean, yeah, definitely definitely a couple guys to watch out for. But I they're they're a team I won't take lightly either because it's always a tough game against them. Like you you can't like you can't let them get a lead on you. You're pretty much done. So that yeah, I agree I, with actually. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I I remember watching last year in the playoffs, no matter who the Islanders went up against, if you do not score two or three goals early on, you were asking for some trouble because even if you had a tie game late and you were holding till the end, the Islanders just somehow seemed to get teams late in games and they can't score, which is kind of funny because like I've... Yeah, like I, w- I thought for sure a team like this that came so close to winning the Stanley Cup in back-to-back years, they were they just lost to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7 off one goal. Off one goal, and they didn't go out and get more scoring depth. They went out and signed Zach Parise, Zidane Ochara, gave Palmieri an extension. It's so frustrating. If I'm Matt Barzell, sorry, do you want to add anything? Stupid moves explain their record right now, so they went and got more like they're they were one win like win like a series win away from the Stanley Cup last uh going to the Stanley Cup final they're going out of the way against Zidane Ochara and making all these dumb moves that explains their record so like if they would have got scoring that pull man yeah they would they they would have they would have been right back where they were so exactly they have Matthew Barzal playing with Zach Parise and Kiefer Bellows tomorrow night their first lines honors Lee Brock Nelson and Nancy Beauvillier Obviously, that's not a bad line, but the third line of Josh Bailey, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and Ross Johnson, um, you know, like, come on, like, this this top nine, they just almost made the Stanley Cup final, and they really did not go out and, you know, they did not bring any help in. Then you look at the fourth line, Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and uh, Kyle Palmieri, like, really... Like, really, where's the offense coming from here? How did they think this was going to work? Yes, they're dedicated to playing defense and being physical and gritty, but I cannot stand these guys because when they're losing, what they're going to do is they're just going to goon it up. They're going to, you know, punch you in the face, and they're going to do all that dirty stuff And because they can't score. And they were so close to making it to the Stanley Cup final, but yet they went out and go get Zidane Char because they weren't enough toughness in Game 7 here despite getting shut out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, this team's so frustrating, but I really hope the Leafs beat them tomorrow night because, uh, you know, it'll be nice to beat Lou Lamorella once again. They, de- they deserve to be where they are. Like, you can just, I was not expecting it, actually, though. Like, I was expecting them to be top of their division and all that, but other than that, like, they, oh my gosh, like, they kind of deserve to be what they, uh, where they are after that offseason they had. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I think it's important for the Maple Leafs to stay dedicated to their systems tomorrow night. Play a sound puck possession based game. Do not play sloppy because when you play sloppy, that is one thing I will give the Islanders credit for. They are, you know, well, well, well prepared for almost every test that they are in. And, you know, that is all because of Barry Trotz. I think he is arguably one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. But 
You need to stick to your puck possession based game. You also need to exploit the Islanders using your speed. They don't have very many guys that can catch up to guys like Ilya Mikheyev, Austin Matthews, even Kerfoot. So if you can burn these guys quick, get on offense early, you know, you're going to be at home at Scotiabank Arena, get a quick one going, and you should find yourself in success because, like me and Mitch said, this team is having a tough time scoring goals, and if you get them trailing early, they never really bounce back. And that's why they're losing so many games this year. They have a really good record at home. I guess that's because of how crazy of a fan base they have and, you know, obviously the new arena. So they're going to be on the road. This game heavily is an advantage for the Maple Leafs. But, Mitch, we've hardly talked about the Maple Leafs on this episode. So I think that's it for previewing Ottawa and New York. Um the Leafs, you know, they're dominant on the face-off circle. This is an Islanders team that's, you know, very well prepared for their test. Brock Nelson and Matt Barzell aren't too shabby on face-offs either. Um, you know, the Islanders sort of like to play a game too where it's more defensive-based and they're going to let you hold on to the puck and all that stuff, but they're going to capitalize on those opportunities. Do you think this could backfire on Toronto anyways? Yeah, 100%. Like you said, they got to get a quick start. Offensive possession will be so important for this uh, for this team heading into Sunday. Uh, like if they're uh, they got to get goals right out of like any a good start for them in general is going to just be important, not just against the Islanders. They got to get a good start in general. So if they get a good start, get a few goals right out of the gate, then it's it's game over. The Islanders don't do anything. I wouldn't rely on a one or two goal lead against them, but they got just get a bunch. Like they got they got the offense, they got the speed, they got like great puck possession. Like they, they can do it, and like like the if they if they do it, then it's it, like the Islanders have nothing. Like they can't make a comeback. That's and if and it will be tough for I think the Leafs to come back if they fall if the Islanders lead too, because then they're falling into that system. Like they these they've shut down all these they've shut we've seen it they've shut down all these top teams in the past in the playoffs, and we've seen it. So getting a lead against them is crucial and. Their biggest key to that is puck possession and scoring right out of the gate. So if they can do that, then this game shouldn't be an issue. One thing that I will admit that I am nervous about for actually both these games against Ottawa and New York is that both of these teams like to cause chaos in front of the net. They like to wreak havoc. They send a lot of bodies. We know what Tuchuk brings. We know what Matt Martin brings. These teams love to play in front of the net, and that is something that the Leafs have struggled with tremendously. Obviously, since the addition of Mark Giordano, they have cleaned it up a bit, but I really hope Labushkin is in the lineup tomorrow and Jake Muzzin because those guys specialize on creating space for Jack Campbell and Eric Shogren to see the puck. So they really need to, I guess using a minor hockey term here, protect the house because if they do not, they're going to get in some trouble. And that's what the Islanders do. They love creating chaos in front. That's how they score most of their goals, actually, is off deflections or rebounds. So if Campbell and Shalgren can see the puck tomorrow night, I think the Leafs are going to be successful in both games. I think there's absolutely no reason why the Maple Leafs can't take four points out of four points here uh, on this weekend little back-to-back. Tell me, Mitch, do you agree with, uh, you know, making sure that Jack Campbell and Shalgren can see the puck because, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with how many bodies the Islanders sent to the net. Yeah, it's something the Leafs got to the Leafs got to consider. Like they they got they got a big blue line and they they got to move guys out of the way. I like you can't afford thirty goals and you got to like they they can't have, let be get those garbage goals, the Islanders, and you got to or the Senators too. So you just got to like tie the guy up up and 
them out of the way, let your goalie see the puck. You don't want anyone around your goalie anyways, because either way, if they're if they're screening, then there's still chaos in front of the net, and the goalie gets like poked at and stuff. You don't want that, so you got to clear them out of the net because that that's how I majority goals I find are scored now. It's just with the guy in front of the net. You just throw a puck in front of the net, and it's someone's there and it can go in. So you, you just got to watch. It can hit off like a body or anything or deflection. So they clear that up, but their goals uh, let Campbell see the puck, and that shouldn't be an issue. So it's definitely something they got to consider for sure heading into these uh, two games. Yes, I think that is it, though, for today's episode. Mitch, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Battleborn Leafs podcast. We will be back on Monday, probably recapping this back-to-back as the Leafs get ready for the final stretch here. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. That's all for myself and Mitch. We will see you on the other side of this back-to-back. Go Leafs, go. Let's hope to get four points.